You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Humby Savetta. So I'm sure this is exactly what you were expecting to walk into today at church. Like, yeah, man, just waiting for a weekend and Kendrick Lamar to get played at church. It's awesome. Uh, guys, that was Jackie Carter and City Youth's own Joaquin Ortiz. Will you guys give him another round of applause? Now that y'all are so excited and hyped up, let me just like bring you down so you can hear my talk now. Uh, no, no, no. So for those of you that, that know, uh, I live in an old house in the Woodlawn Lake, Jefferson High School area. There was like a half a clap there. Somebody like wanted a clap? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, so it's an old house built like in the 30s. And what happens with old houses is a lot of times when it's like hot outside, it gets hot inside. And then when it's cold outside, it's cold inside. And then when it rains a whole bunch outside, even sometimes it like rains inside too. <laughs> Old houses, you know? Um, but the, the other thing that gets in uh, from time to time are animals. Animals like to get into old houses because there's so many holes all over the place. And, um, you know, it's definitely one of those things where I've woken up in the middle of the night and I've heard, like, scratching in my walls and, you know, things like that. It's, it's, um, it's definitely one of my favorite things about living in an old house. <laughs> so uh, a few months ago, um, Lauren called me into our room and I was like, Humby, Humby, come here, come here. You got to listen to this. And we heard uh, an animal that was in the wall that we hadn't heard before. It was like a little bit bigger, just, just a little bit stranger. And, and I went, oh, you know, that's fine. It'll find its way out. That, that happens. Um, you know, I've got, a, I've got a day off later on this week. I'll take care of it then. So we kind of leave it. Next day, we hear the same sound louder but now it's moved from our ceiling to a wall inside of our master bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm like, well, you know, maybe it'll figure its way out. It, it's, it'll do something, right? You know, um, um, so we, we leave the house, go to a birthday party, go see like grandmas and stuff. I don't know what we did that day. We're gone for a long time. We come back later and the sound is still there. The animal is still in the wall. And at this, it's at this point that we're realizing that it's trapped. And so just real quick, let me take, uh, let me let you guys know. When it comes to like skills of construction and doing things around the house, I have almost none of them. Uh, so like on a scale of one to 10, I'd actually have like a negative number in handy skills because what happens is I start working on things that, that are broken and I actually make them worse than they were before when I showed up. Like it would have been better if I just left it alone instead of me messing with it and it's beyond repair at that point. Uh, so this is like where I'm at. So I was just, you know, I was just hoping this animal would just get out by itself, uh, but it didn't. Uh, so then I'm at a point where I'm like, me and my zero skills now have to figure out a way how to get this animal out of my wall. And much like the song that we just heard, I'm standing there in front of this wall hearing this animal make noises, and I'm like, who going to pray for me right now? <laughs> who going to take this pain for me, you know? Because I knew, I've seen it done a whole bunch of times, I make things worse when I start messing with it. I knew that if I jumped in on my own, that it would be broken. I was going to need a hero. I was going to need someone to help me. Now, how many of us have been in that point? 
have been at that point in, in something in our lives. You know, overmatched with the situation, knowing you don't have the skills to deal with it, to take care of yourself, and you're looking around asking, who's going to take this, this pain for me? Now, this week, we start the beginning, or we begin our series, Jacked Up, Get Helped Up. Now, guys, this series will challenge you, I guarantee it. It's going to confront some things that are hard to talk about with your closest friends, much less be openly spoken about in the middle of church. Over the next few weeks, we're going to hit on abuse, addictions, that's addictions from everything uh, like alcohol, uh, drugs. Uh, illegal drugs, prescription drugs, pornography, even, even like things like shopping. So before we fully dive into this series, we got to start here today. Before you start dealing with that junk uh, that you d- have done and the junk that has been done to you, you're going to need to know these two things today. And that's our big idea for today. You are jacked up, you're jacked up, and you need people to help you up. You're jacked up, and you need people to help you up. Okay, so we're going to do this real quick. This side of the room, when I point to you, you're going to say jacked up. And this side of the room, when I point to you, you're going to say help up. Okay, so we're going to do this real quick. Ready? One, two, three. Jacked up, help up, jacked up, help up, jacked up. <laughs> Guys, come on. You got to know where I'm going with this. You just, just follow me, all right? I mean, you got to be ready for anything when, when I'm up here. Um, so... It doesn't matter if you're a millennial or a baby boomer, you're jacked up. It doesn't matter if you're an Aggie or a Longhorn, you're jacked up. It doesn't matter if you're an early bird or a night owl, you're jacked up. It doesn't even matter if you prefer Whataburger or if you prefer In-N-Out, you are jacked up. Now I will say if you prefer In-N-Out over Whataburger, you are extra jacked up. Californians think they got the best hamburgers. Get out of here. So I I shouldn't be saying you are jacked up. I should be saying we're jacked up. Because guys, I am just as jacked up as you are. Um, And I'm I'm the first one to admit it. Uh, I'm someone that has battled depression, thoughts of harming myself. Uh, Currently, like something that I always deal with is fear of failure, fear of letting people down, um, and and just an aversion to letting people help me. Uh, Those are just things that I'm always messing with, just to name a few. I'm sure if one of my friends were here, they could stand up here and tell all about all the the worst things that that I'm dealing with right now. So, So we are in this together, right? We are jacked up. But not only that, if you look in the Bible and you start looking at some of those biblical characters, you will see that they are jacked up too. We'll start with like the first person, the first character of the Bible, Adam, right? The first person ever created. Well, that dude wasn't strong enough to not give in the peer pressure. Then he blamed somebody else for his mistake. Then you move on to Moses. He was the one that God called to free the Israelites from captivity. But he had such an anger problem that he became a murderer. Then you look at King David. This is somebody that is written in the Bible that they say he is a man after God's own heart. Well, he was an adulterer. And not only that, to cover up his adultery, he got a dude killed so nobody would mess with him about this adultery. Then we look at Paul. 
He began his life, the first time we see him in the Bible, as someone that was murdering Christians, hunting them down and murdering them. He was someone that was a Pharisee, someone that completely and totally opposed Christianity with everything that he was, until one day Jesus came to him, walking down the road, and everything changed. After that, Paul went on to be one of the most influential and productive leaders that the church has ever seen in the history of Christianity. He's responsible for writing a majority of the second half of the Bible that's called the New Testament. And even then, he knew he was jacked up, so much so that he felt like he had to write about it and share about it, and we see that in Romans 7. There it says, there Paul says, for I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. At this point, Paul was a dude that was doing all the right stuff. At this point, he's on his third missionary journey throughout the world, just walking around telling anybody and everybody he can about Jesus and the gospel and how amazing it is. And he's still saying, man, I am jacked up. Church, you guys got to know. Here, let me write this down for you so this, people will read this thousands of years later. I am jacked up. So I want to tell you this stuff about people being jacked up because of this. Well, the first thing I want to tell you about, uh, the reason I want to tell you that is, is because if you think you are too messed up, if you think you are unredeemable, I want you to know that you are wrong. Even if you have become a Christian, meaning like you've started your relationship with Jesus, so even if you have become a Christian and you still do wrong things on a regular basis, I want you to know you're not the only one. We are all jacked up at some level. Or you might be the person that's like, no, 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 Humby. You don't know me. I'm an amazing person. I come to church every single Sunday. I pick up stray animals on the side of the road and I bring them back home and I nurse them to health and then I release them to a new family that will love them. Then I make dinners for homeless people and then I deliver it to them. And not only that, I've never said a curse word in my entire life. And my kids go to like the coolest, most awesome, most fancy Christian school ever. And I listen to Caleb all day long. And not only that, I canceled my Netflix account and I got a Purefix account in Instead, <laughs> so real quick, if you're that person, I want you to know that you're jacked up too. <laughs> it's okay if you aren't perfect all the time. It's okay. Things are going to be messy. Things are going to go wrong. But it doesn't matter. God's still going to love you no matter what. Your friends and your family are still going to love you even when things are going wrong. Okay, so that's the first half that I want you to know. You are jacked up. I think we all know that. The second half is you need people to help you up. So, so let's look at this. In a recent study, social scientists were able to prove that there is a definitive link between isolation, which is spending time away from people, and loneliness, which is the feeling that you have within yourself of feeling like you're all alone. So here in this study, this is what they said. This is what they concluded. 
We found the effects of loneliness and social isolation synergistically interact with each other. The higher the social isolation, the larger the effect of loneliness on mortality, and the higher the loneliness, the larger the effect of social isolation. So basically it's this. The more time you spend on your own, the more power you give to your loneliness. So much so that your loneliness can affect how long you live. Let me say that again. Your loneliness can and will affect how long you live. That's crazy. But that's not even the craziest part about this. The crazy part is that the higher your loneliness is, the larger the effect of social isolation in your life. It's like a vicious cycle. So what happens is you want to be socially isolated, which makes you feel lonely. Well, that loneliness, you feel so lonely, that's going to fuel saying, man, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to talk to people. I want to stay. And then it fuels this. And then you're just going around and around and around. And all you're doing is taking days off of your life. It's nuts. And the, even crazier is that all this does is confirm what was said 2,000 years ago, more than 2,000 years ago, in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. And we'll read that right now in Ecclesiastes 4. There it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You're jacked up, and you need people to help you up. Sometimes, literally. This is the practical value of getting out of isolation. If you're jacked up and you fall down by yourself, who's going to help you? This is the value of relationships. This is the value of community. And here at City Church downtown, we have plenty of ways for you to get connected. Kicking off in just a few weeks, we're going to have our tribes going on. We're going to have you guys signing up. We're going to have tribe leaders sitting outside so you guys can get connected to a community like this. Now, one of those tribes that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks a lot is called Peeling the Onion, or PTO. Now, we'll get way more in-depth about it over the next few weeks, but this tribe will be the number one place for you to go to deal with everything that is jacked up in your life. Now, for some of you guys, you're like, man, I want to be a part of a tribe, or you might be like, I actually want to lead a tribe. Well, you can do that. You can just go to citychurchdowntown.com slash tribes and get signed up to lead a tribe today. Now, if you're feeling that, if you want to do it, go get signed up today, because very soon we're going to have a training for our tribal leaders so we can help you out. We can give you the right tools to lead a tribe so you can be successful in one. Um, so in these tribes, you can find healing, right? You can find all kinds of great stuff. You can find all kinds of amazing healing within these communities. And James talks exactly about that in the book of James. So let's go ahead and take a look at that. James 5, 13 through 16 says this. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. 
And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Guys, again, this is the importance of community. There will be people there with you to help you up, to pray for you, to take on that pain for you and with you. Both science and the Bible say that being in community will be helpful for you and will literally extend your life. So speaking of community, let's get back to that, that animal that was in my wall. So like I said, we left, we went to a birthday party, we saw some grandmas, you know, whatever. We come back home, it's later that night, it's about nine o'clock in the evening, and um, I'm back standing in front of the wall trying to figure out how I'm going to get this thing out and what I'm going to do. Now during that time, uh, my wife is texting with her friends, and she's on a text thread uh, with some ladies uh, that were in a Bible study that we started close to a decade ago, and they've become incredibly good friends. So anything that's going on in their life, they're texting about it with each other. Oh, man, you know, having some, some struggles with kids. Yeah, man, you know, uh, this is going on, blah, blah, blah. If it's my wife, she's probably like, man, my husband's so awesome. He's the best. Um, <laughs> So, you know, there's all these things going on, but whatever happens, anything that happens in their life, they get on this text thread and they share it with each other. They're also able to pray with each other and, and, and do all kinds of things like that. So my wife is sending, you know, videos and, and of what's going on, what it sounds like and, and all that. Um, and I'm standing in front of the wall just looking at it. And one of my buddies, Chris, uh, just texts me out of nowhere while this is going on in another room. And he just texts me, hey, me and my father-in-law are heading over. We know what's in your wall. We're going to get it out. <laughs> Who going to pray for me? Who going to take on that pain for me? Chris and his father-in-law. That's who's going to do it. <laughs> so they get there. And they cut the wall op- open with a, with a drywall saw, which I didn't know that was a thing. I was going to like get the pointy side of a hammer and just kind of hit at it until it opened up. I told you, I don't have any skills at all. Um, so we get in there. The easy part is open up the drywall, boom. We just kind of sit back and, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to help out. Let me, let me get this. Let me, you want me to carry something? Cool. Uh, you know, and act like I'm busy, but just really stand in the back. And, and so anyways, they get the wall open, and I actually brought a video for you guys to see what was in the wall. It's okay. Yeah, guys, that's a raccoon. <laughs> a raccoon got in the wall, was hanging out there for a day. He, couldn't cl- he fell down from the top, couldn't climb his way back out. So we got him, put him in a cage, and took him to Woodlawn Lake where he could go and live a fantastic life. And my wife, being the saint that she is, wanted to make him some food so he would like be ready to go when he was back free in the world. So she put some peanut butter and cheese and a, a piece of bread on this plate for him so we had like a raccoon charcuterie board uh, so he, when he went into the wild. So this is the importance of having a good community. You've got guys that'll step up. You've got ladies that'll step in, 
and help out uh, when, you, when you need help. But it hasn't always been like fun, easy things like uh, raccoons in the wall, you know, or it hasn't been as, as silly as that. You know, uh, for me personally, these folks have been around uh, for some of the toughest things in my life. For, for one, like when I made my transition from TV and I just quit, uh, you know, they, they were there. Like I said, they've been around for a decade, so or they, they saw that. Um, they were there when we were going crazy when we had our first kid, and, and everything was hard, and we were pulling our hair out. And it's funny, because, like, we were in this tribe, and, yeah, three couples got pregnant within, like, eight months of each other, right? Nine months of each other. And so we had our first, like, three kids, as you see them all there. Um, we, we had our first three kids, and since then, the tribe's just been growing. Over the past four years, we're up to 10 kids in our tribe now, and number 11 is on the way and should be here uh, fairly soon. And it's been really cool seeing them grow up together. So it's not just like us as, as parents growing up together, but our kids are growing up together. They're, we're going to UTSA games and doing fun stuff like that. We're going to uh, soccer. We have soccer teams that we're on the same teams together. And they, they just have fun and, and they're having the time of their lives. And, and not only that, two of the couples from our tribes, we decided that we wanted them to be godparents for our kids. So like this is the kind of, of community and the kind of love that we share uh, with one another. And so, like I said, we've been through a lot together and, and over the years, and, and it, it was no different this week, right? Um, and, and so this week, um, for some reason, my son was just kind of being aggressive with his little sister, and, and Lauren asked him, like, hey, man, what's going on? Why are you being so mad? What, what's the deal? And he kind of fought her on it, didn't want to say anything, and then finally, like, as she was pushing, she's like, hey, why are you being so uh, mean to, to your sister, and why are you kind of giving me attitude? And he's like, because I'm angry. And she's like, okay, well, what's going on? What, why are you so angry? And he said, uh, well, I'm mad because dad yells at me. It makes me mad. And he makes my heart break when he yells at me. Now, later on that night when the kids had gone to bed, my wife told me about it, and I don't know, I can't, it's been a very long time since I've felt so much shame about something in my life. Um, you know, it, it was probably years and years ago when, when I was battling that depression and, and feeling those, those thoughts of, of harming myself. I mean, I just wanted to withdraw from the world. I wanted to go and find a hole underneath my house and just crawl under it and, and just never come out again. Because there are, there are a handful of things that I will try and I, I put all my effort in to be the best at in my life. And one of those things is being a dad. So in that moment, it was like, you're not a good dad. You're failing at this. And I was just broken and distraught, and I just couldn't shake it. So I'm writing this talk. I'm going through this thing, and, and I'm reading, you're jacked up, and you need people to help you up. And God's saying, like, dude, you've got people. Don't be in isolation. Don't do this. Reach out to your guys. So I did. And immediately I was met with, yeah, man, I get it. I've been in the same thing. The same thing's happened to me. No, no, you're good. It's, it's okay. You know, another dad chimes in. No, man, you're good. You know, um, know that you, you love your kids so much and they're great. Another dad chimes in like, I see your kids. They're so good. They're doing so great. You're doing an amazing job. You're a good dad. And that's exactly 
why it's so important to have a community. Because if I would have been on my own and I would have sat there by myself, that thing would be continually eating me and I wouldn't be able to look at my kids without feeling shame and guilt. Now, for some of you, you're dealing with much bigger problems than that. The spiritual things that are crawling in the walls of your life and the shame that you feel is on a totally different level than what I'm talking about. For some of you, you're sitting in life overwhelmed and broken down. You can't handle what they're throwing at you at work. Or you keep on looking at your bank account and you don't know how ends are going to meet. You're battling yourself, right? Just like Paul, you keep on doing the thing that you shouldn't, even though you don't even want to do that thing. Guys, we are all jacked up, and we need help up. So with good relationships that we can be around, that's incredibly helpful. That's super important. But there's one relationship that will carry you through all of this. It's a relationship with Jesus. So when it comes to tough times, when we face these things in our lives, he calls us to lay everything on him. Not a little bit, not just this one thing. He wants everything. Jesus says that he will take on whatever you throw at him. He talks about this in Matthew 11. There Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Guys, Jesus gets it. He knows how you're hurting. He understands the incredible weight that you have to carry every single day. And he sees you lying on the ground in pain. And he knows you could use a hand. And he will reach his hand down to pick you up. He will carry your burdens for you. For once in your life, you can find rest for your soul. And at the end there, when he says, I will, you can take on my yoke, for it is easy. The burden I give you is light. Let me tell you what his burden is. It's so easy. His burden is simply believing in him. That's what he asks. That's the burden that he gives to you. He says, I will take on everything for you. I will take on your hurt, your pain, your shame. I will take everything from you. And all you have to do is simply believe. Let's go ahead and pray. Guys, for some of you, you've never taken on that burden, that light burden of Jesus. You've never started your relationship with him. If that's you right now, and you want to start that relationship with him, you want him to take on that pain for you, I want you to pray something like this along with me. Jesus, I don't know that much about you but I want to. I feel like I need to. I want you to help me in my life. Right now I'm saying, I believe you died for me. And from here on out, I want to follow you the best way I know how. Now with our heads still bowed, 
if you are desperate to get help with those things in your life, if you want Jesus to take on your burdens, I want you to pray this with me right now. Jesus, come into my life. Take on this weight that I have. I can't do it by myself. I need someone to take on this pain for me. Please do that for me. Please take my yoke and hand me yours. Thank you for everything you have done for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we pray all these things in the holy, holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.